Welcome to The Popcorn Junkies. We are about to review a film that everyone's got an opinion on, even if they haven't seen it, I think, uh, called Blonde, which is the new film about Marilyn Monroe. Now, the reason I'm sort of hesitating when I say that, it is not a biopic. It is a film, and we'll talk about this in more detail. It's a film based on a book by Joyce Carol Oates called Blonde. And it's what you call the genre of, uh, of literature is speculative fiction. And if you're thinking, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Think of The Crown. We all watch The Crown, but we don't know for sure what's going on in those scenes happened. But we kind of accept that around it, pretty much a lot of what they're saying is true because it's historical. But we do not know. Any, I mean, all of the dialogue in The Crown is pretty much speculatively written. And we accept that. So the reason I say that is before we just jump off, if, if, before we all go, oh, how outrageous. We do it in many different ways. There's a whole genre of speculative historical fiction. Hilary Mantel, who died recently, she writes books about real characters from history and speculates on what was going on for them and creates fictional sequences too, which is also going to feature in our review. So I just wanted to give that yeah. as a kind of... Answer. That's really good. I didn't know there was such a thing as speculative, speculative literature. literature uh, fiction. That's an actual fiction. That's an actual yeah, genre. It's a it's thing. A thing. It's a ah. thing. Now, this film is directed by Andrew Dominic. And Andrew Dominic is, you know, he's he's quite a he's quite a he's a good director. Um, he uh, he he wrote and directed this. I've talked a lot on the Weekly Rushes about how this film from a very well adapted it from the book. Well adapted yeah. it from the book. And interestingly, again, before anyone kind of jumps on me, Joyce Carol Oates, the author, has come out in support of the film. She says, and I want to pop I want to plop this on the table right at the beginning. She says she sees this as a deeply feminist film. Wow. That's the author. Because that's been a lot of criticism around that. A lot of criticism yeah. about this. Now, of course, it, it, so it tells, a, it tells the story of Marilyn Monroe's life. Um, and I think it's safe to say, because it's speculative, it takes great liberties with certain aspects of her life. Um, huge and, liberties. Yeah, huge liberties. But interestingly, it's not like an account where you take money out, you go into the red, you put money back in, you go into the black. And if you put the same amount in the truth and in you life. take the same amount out, you equalise it. It doesn't work like that in life because reputation can, can be affected in different ways. Mm. But there are many things in her real life that were far worse that happened to her that weren't featured in this film. For example, things like her mother trying to kill her on three different occasions, as Arthur Miller we just discovered. Yeah, we, just, we just saw one in this Yeah, film. exactly. So... I'm not suggesting that because they've made one up, it cancels out the fact, you know, it's cancelled out by the fact that they didn't include something else. But I think it's important to bear in mind, going into watching this film, or this review, that it is a work of fiction based on her life. But that presents all sorts of difficulties, which, as you, as you came to this film, did you know any of that? Is it important that you should have known all of that? And as you started to watch it, were you just thinking, oh, I'm watching a biopic? Well, I was a Marilyn, well, I've always been a huge Marilyn mm. fan. When I was a teenager, my whole room was decked out with her photos. I knew a lot about, I knew about Joe DiMaggio being violent husband. Yeah. I knew a lot about Arthur Miller. I'd, I'd read lots of stuff over the years. Um, and then as I was watching it, I was like, oh, crikey, I didn't know that happened. Right. Oh my God, didn't I? And I was telling you, did that actually happen? And of course, as the film went on, I realised that it was, you know, a work of fiction and I just became more and more uncomfortable right. with that. Um, and we said earlier today, didn't we, if we'd reviewed this film straight after we'd watched it, we probably would have got a sea of hate and abuse having well, watched what's gone online. Well, as we, as we stepped into doing this review, it's with great... Sorry, darling. As we stepped into doing this review, it's with great sort of sensitivity and with, you know, choosing where to place our feet, kind of, you know, with great kind of concern and care. Because... 
There is such a strong response and such a strong reaction to this film, anti-reaction to this film. Um, you know, people are describing it as exploitative, as uh, it's, it's sort of denigrating her image. Misogynistic. Misogynistic, anti-feminist, pro-life, uh, pro anti-abortion. Um, all of these things which, you know, all of these topics are intercepted by this film for sure. But people's responses are incredibly powerful. I'm just going to so, use this parallel. I mean, let's not forget that it got a 14-minute standing ovation at Venice, at Venice. Venice. Film Festival. Yeah, yeah. That was the first thing I heard about. Absolutely. Now, at, like, we haven't talked about the cast. At the heart of this is a woman called Anna de Armas, and most of you film lovers will know her from Knives Out. Um, she also uh, played a small part in Blade Runner 2049, which is where me and Maddie first came across her, and we were mesmerised by her in that as well, which was amazing. exquisite. Now, she plays Marilyn Monroe. And for me, it's not just about likeness in terms of look or likeness in terms of voice, but she was absolutely pilloried when the trailer came out. Absolutely pilloried. People for, saying for her voice, for the for the the voice of Marilyn. Oh. And I I I I I'm sorry. I think Anna de Armas avails herself brilliantly in this film. I thought she was absolutely phenomenal. Exquisitely good. Yeah, I mean, and in a in a strange way, the longer I sat with her, the more like Marilyn she became. Because oh I my became God. more immersed. Well, our daughter said she became more like Marilyn than Marilyn. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was the weird yeah. thing. We were looking at pictures. It, it was so, I suppose, she became like our memory of Mar Marilyn, yes. our image of Marilyn. Yeah, yeah. She, it, it, was, it was such a clever film for that. Yeah, it really was. It really was. So you really buy into the fact that she's Marilyn. And as Marilyn. the film goes on, she becomes, she get that, the lighting is so extraordinary. Mm. She gets that luminous light coming mm. through her, doesn't she, that we think of when we think of Marilyn. Mm. Because for me, She's a goddess. Right. You know, she had reached goddess status yeah. as a young teenager. She was just like, that was woman to me. Yeah. That was what I aspired to be, was to be like Marilyn, which was... And what was that idea I had of Marilyn? I suppose that that she was... She was joyful. It's weird, isn't it? Because I think that really, even though this film is very dark, I did get all those things that I think about Marilyn, that I've always thought about Marilyn, mm. that there was this this joy in her at the same time as this torment and mm. this, I want to say fragility, but I don't think of her as fragile. Mm. I think of her as a survivor, an incredible survivor with real strength and a real ambition for a really good life. Mm. She had ferociously, she was ferociously ambitious, mm. parking the actress for a good life. Mm. She wanted to be happy, she wanted it all, she wanted a relationship, she wanted children, she wanted a career, she wanted to improve herself intellectually because she was very clever, mm. but she hadn't been given chances in life. So I just thought, and of course she was so beautiful and so sexy and she was the kind of sexy I wanted to be. Yeah. So she was all those things to me. Mm. And I, starting with all the good stuff about the film, saw all of that in that film. Everything I, I feel about Marilyn, I saw in the film. But of course, we saw a whole lot more. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, well, what, what was my take on Marilyn before we went into it? I mean, my mother has always been along, you know, she was hugely into Marilyn Monroe when, when I was younger. I always remember there being documentaries and programmes made about the suspicious circumstances in which her death happened. Mm. I always came to Marilyn from her death first and discovered her in films. I mean, I, I never particularly warmed to the film, apart from Some Like It Hot. I thought she was just brilliant in that. Oh, I loved all comic, the films. Comic timing, yeah, They no. shoot horses, don't they? They're off the middle of right. yeah. I, I just loved every sort of film I loved her in. And I, 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 so for me, maybe it was because of how I, in a sense, accessed her star image. For me, the aspect of a Hollywood star who's died beyond, you know, at, at an age they shouldn't have done, 
is indelibly entwined with the tragedy of their death. So for me, Marilyn Monroe's yes. image and her, her appeal um, is about trauma. It's about yeah. the trauma Dying of life. Like James Dean, exactly, isn't it? Exactly. Dying young. Yeah. What were the circumstances? How happy was she? Was she exploited by JFK? What was the trauma that happened in her life? How awful was her mum? She never knew her dad. All that kind of stuff is, you know, and, you know, exploited by the star system. Another classic is Judy Garland. It's that sort of, it's the broken star that people want to almost look after. And I think that's why this film has had such a visceral response from so many people because I, and, and I really feel this strongly. People, I think, want a certain level of trauma to the story of Marilyn Monroe that's acceptable, dealable with, candle in the wind desk. You know, I want to I accept that she had a difficult time so far, but I don't want to entertain the thought. And my feeling about this film is it's not telling us it's happened, that we'll get into the rights and wrongs of how they did that. This film entertains the thought that perhaps it was w much worse than any of us choose to think. Or perhaps it wasn't, or because we don't know. And that's wasn't. where the film becomes really difficult for me because I, I love Marilyn and I am fascinated by what makes people tick. And I am really interested in trauma and the way that it impacts and, and what the results are of people's trauma. So for personally, as a fan of Marilyn, mm. I don't want to just see her at just one level. No. So if all these things happen to her, I, I'm okay with knowing all of that. Mm. But where it became so difficult for me, the films, where I did feel protective, not just of Marilyn, but of the other named people in it. Sure that do the most horrific things. Is this a spoiler? Yeah, yeah. You know, we see a brutal rape mm. by J.F. Kennedy. We see that. I found that so upsetting. It was totally it distressing. It was so distressing, that blowjob. Mm. Mm. The first rape in the casting room, which was like Weinstein, I've just listened to the whole series on Weinstein and heard a lot of the um, um, testimonies from women that had something very similar yeah. happen to. And so I find that really, I found it really, really upsetting and I really must warn you, it's very triggering. But, but there's no evidence. I'm, dis there's no I'm evidence. disgusted that these are named people well, in a scene of the most awful, in these awful scenes. Well, it should have had for me, this is a work of fiction. I totally agree, I totally agree. I mean, I think, you know, whilst I'm, you know, on the one hand, and this is the problem with this film. The problem for this film is, is that in this kind of, um, fake news age where we're driven yeah. algorithmically by everything, uh, where most young viewers are going to come to this and most young yeah. people go, oh, you know, it's already got that cachet. Yeah. Have you seen the Marilyn Monroe thing? It's so explicit. It's so yeah, I didn't know JFK was a yeah. rapist. So, well, of course, we don't know he was. And they don't have a disclaimer at the front of this where I do think it would have benefited from them saying, this is a work of fiction. But if, I, if it was me, I'd have put, That's this is I a needed. work of fiction based on a work of fiction about the real life Marilyn Monroe. But we know that these sorts of things were de rigueur in Hollywood at that time, and in fact, right till this very day in Hollywood. So, but there are many details in the film that's really important. To, she didn't have a threesome. There's no evidence of a threesome between her and Edward G. Robertson and uh, Charlie Chaplin's sons. She did have a relationship with Charlie Chaplin. Her mother. I so, think how it, does the writer, I wonder, defend this as a feminist work? I, well, I, I'm, I'm much I'm more curious struggling. to ask the question of Joyce Carol. Well, you know, when this film started. When, when I heard about this film happening, I've always had a problem with speculative fiction. It's why I've bailed out of the crown. I have a real problem because yeah. however much I enjoy this, you are constantly asked to entertain the thought, well, was this true? And if you've got no way of knowing mm. and every way of actually probably assuming it isn't, it kind of diminishes it. So we have to admit that the reason, sorry, what's the name's writer, Joyce? Joyce Carol Oates. 
wrote it about Marilyn was because then you're going to get the attention because it's about Marilyn. So it is exploitative of Marilyn. Or... Because you could have done yeah. a... Created it about a fictional star. Exactly. We could have done that and exact you could have said, oh, is this story, but you ain't going to get a standing ovation in Venice and you ain't going to get... She has been used. Her name has been used. Well, and, but there are so many parts of this that are so curious, aren't there? Like the, the royal family Mar are used in the crowd. The Marilyn Monroe estate have given it their sanctioning. You know, they, they, they support that Anna de Armas was cast and they love her performance and they believe she's a great So, okay, let's... What did but, the but, Marilyn Monroe estate give their... They, is this they, about money? When Anna, oh, I don't know what they gave it. I mean, I in, terms of, in terms of Anna de Armas, they, they backed her up in terms of when she was getting all the abuse about her accent. They said, this is a great likeness to Marilyn. This is, mm -hmm. you know, which infers that they had a comfort with No, but film. I mean, I wonder why they, would, why they would agree to a, you know, the rape scenes. Well, let me give you some other incidental details. So you've got the, you've got the threesome that's not real. You've got the JFK scene of which, it really, let's state this now, there is zero proof of that scene. Zero. zero. And we were watching it with a couple of young people and I said... Is there any way I've written down anywhere that Marilyn has said this happened? No. And the young people that with us said, well, probably did. And that's, so that's the, the problem with it. That's the danger. Yeah, as you say, in the world of fake news, we yeah, have to be yeah, so yeah, mindful yeah, of these yeah, things. Especially algorithmically, because people will just, now JFK UK will be seen as this, you know, this, this rapist. He's still got relatives alive, for God's sake. The scene, of rape, the scene of rape at the beginning, there's no proof that this happened to her in the star system. And yet there is a kind of cultural inference that this was what was going on. Um... And a detail that I find particularly grisly, actually, is that the final scene with Marilyn Monroe was filmed in the actual apartment she died in. I was going to say it looked so like it. So she actually, and Anna de Armas, the actress, says that they all went to her grave and they all left a note and they sort of sought some kind of spiritual acceptance and agreement. I mean, I... You know, oh, that makes me feel very uncomfortable. Makes me feel very uncomfortable. I wish, yeah. Uh, another aspect to all of this that I don't you, think has You helped. don't get a... No, yeah. I mean, I think that that, again, is, like, very unfair to Marilyn. Mm. Another aspect of it all that From I think, the grave, think she doesn't gave help, permission. It doesn't help that this film is that the director, Andrew Dominic, has, has been intensely defensive in virtually every interview he's done. He's not particularly tiptoed around the subject sensitively. He hasn't even really entertained, I think, the fact that people have concerns. His line on it is, it's, it was meant to be shocking. It is shocking. I've shocked. And, and he's kind of washing his hands and, 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 and leaving it there. Now, my mum wants, oh, wow. wants to do a review of it herself, but yeah. I really want to make this point. I thought it was really, really well expressed. She sent it by text. She said, Mark, Joyce Carol Oates, the, the film is slavishly a copy of the book. Right. And she said, but the thing I can't account for is that you feel that Joyce Carol Oates loved her and that Andrew Dominic, the director, doesn't. And I just thought that was interesting. Well, the fact that what you just said that he'd said in an interview, paraphrasing, obviously, when you said, I wanted to shot in the hat. When you said that, it sounded like he was tossing her away. Well, this is the feeling that people well, have. Well, that, that yeah. right, that's the yeah. right feeling. Yeah, yeah. Because I, that, if Marilyn was my daughter, mm. right, and I'm a great believer. If JFK was my father. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a great believer in trying to think how this would feel if it was someone close to you. If that was my daughter, God forbid, who was posthumously portrayed or these terrible acts put upon her, I would be devastated. Mm. It would be like it had happened almost. Mm. Mm. And to toss away, oh, I wanted to shock and I did. Well, shock without using the name Marilyn then. Mm. Tell mm. this story, because it's a good story, you know, of abuse and, and, and of trauma and ambition and, and, and you know, all of the things that, that we see in it. But you used Marilyn. Mm. Well, insofar as, he, he, I mean, he makes an interesting parallel. He says, it's exploitative 
in the same way that Candle in the Wind is exploitative. Discuss. I mean, the idea being that we are all always trading off the tragedy of someone who's died. And his argument, I think, perhaps... Two wrongs never make a no, right. No, 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 they don't. But, OK, well, let me, let me give you... The, the reason I don't feel that way about this film, this film was really... I find this film one of the most complicated films I've seen in a really long time. Is, it really... Because you go one way and then you go, you go another. OK, let's even park the director to one side for a minute and you respond to the film. I came out of this film feeling infinitely more warmth, compassion, empathy, humanity and an understanding of the potential complexity of what Marilyn Monroe's life was like or perhaps could have been in part than I ever did before. So were the rapes the really important part of that? No, no, not at all. Exactly. So, so, so the story could have been told without I agree and I think there was a flashback to the first rape which was too explicit. I think the JFK scene should have been cut. It yeah. should have been cut. Absolutely. And if it had been cut, weirdly, this film would still have been contentious, but it could have really stood and defended itself a little bit more yeah. convincingly. That yeah. JFK scene, in a it, sense, it it's a killing out the water. It completely destroyed itself right at the end. I thought the way it began, just going narratively just a little bit, I thought it started, so, I mean, within the first 10 minutes of like getting to know the young Marilyn with her mum, it was most, the, it's one of the most, and I have to say, I'm going to say this, it's one of the most beautifully shot, edited, produced, and performed films I've seen in a long time. We were all the way through it. Oscar for that, Oscar, Oscar for this, Oscar for that. Stunning. For me, it was, it was, it was, it was, the right word is exquisite mm. to look at. Mm. It was so beautiful. The lighting, I mean, everything. You mm. were just sort of held in this world. I mean, it's nearly three hours mm. and we watched it at the end of a long day and, and we, we were absolutely captivated yeah, by yeah. it. So it was a great piece of filmmaking. And I think it's such a shame that it was, it's demeaned by this, mm. that by the really, I think, the exploitative scenes in it that could have easily been cut. Yeah. Um, so, the, so the I love, I love the technique Mark, of getting all those photographs that we kept seeing the photographs. Well, I have to say, see, I thought that was this is sensational because they didn't do this cold thing. I thought no. Bob was going to do a freeze frame and then Click. move into it. Wasn't. It wasn't. He would start a scene with an emblematic, iconic photo that you we all remember. You know, whether it be her in the window. No, not start the scene. The scene would start well, no, the and then it would yeah, come and you in. Would you would do the seamlessly. seamlessly. And we would go, oh. Photo we love. That's that photo. And he very cleverly parked really important parts of the story that he was telling mm. within those scenes. And well, it didn't really feel like clever. they were like, it was incredibly it's clever. Such clever storytelling. Such clever storytelling. He managed to do this, which I thought was so clever. He created such a blur between real life and the artificial sort of circus, if you like, of Hollywood that would have been the psychology of her life. This strange double existence where there was a most beautiful scene where she was like at the point where she was sort of being drugged or taking drugs. She was on a plane. She stood up to go to the loo. She stumbled. She gives me goosebumps. She stumbles into the audience. Mm. She's in the audience. She mm. comes back. She causes a and she lies back down. And, and what about when she's walking through the crowds and you think, oh, what's strange? But they did a really great technique where all the men's mouths were mor well, morphing yeah, into these yeah. great caves of mouth. And it was just, oh, it was horrific. Which, um, Men get a bad time. Well, I was going to say, can this film be misogynistic if its subject matter is misogyny. Of course yes. it can. Yes, it can. Of course. But there are parts of it. Men yeah. aren't nice in this. He wanted to shock and he did. That's a misogynistic attitude. Right. He just right. used yeah. her and tossed her. Right. And it's a shame because he's a brilliant filmmaker. There are moments in this that I didn't realise, though. And I think all I kind of want to do is champion some of those moments that aren't getting a look in. I didn't realise the extent to which... And I, it made me reevaluate, and actually made me want to go and see her other films. The fact that she wanted to be a serious actress, that she, the sort of, whether it was Oh yeah, no, I knew the, that. The, the acting classes, yeah. the way in which she, there's one scene between her and Adrian Brody as Arthur Miller, where they flirt, they're talking about Chekhov, 
it was one of the most beautiful oh, falling so love moments. Lovely. And you thought, I thought, how can someone direct something like that so tenderly? I know. Well. What? Not very nice people can have lots of sides to them. <laughs> well, but is that not maybe a fair description of I don't think it wipes out the fact that no. he wanted to shock and he tossed her to one side and that awful rape. I, I can't forgive him for that. I think it's absolutely appalling. I think also, but then there was a fantastic moment with Joe DiMaggio which showed so brilliantly coercive control and how a woman can hide her light in an instant. Well, when she talking. she's talking to Joe DiMaggio mm. and he's she's saying that she just wants to go to New York and she mm. wants to and she wants to work with great actors mm. and she wants to improvise and she wants to do all of this stuff. And he's just eyes are just flat. And then she says, I also want to have a child and I want to and he showed us so much in a tiny scene there actually of the well, workings and the controlling relationship. I mean let's just talk about her, her <clears throat> acting. Her I I feel like I saw so many different Marilyns at so many different parts of her life, obviously. And I think that was what was really good about the film because we, this is what I'm always banging on about. People want women to be just one so thing. one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was a complex, complicated mm. person mm. in a way that a person is that's had such a traumatic childhood. Mm. I mean, a childhood. Imagine your mother is like completely gone mentally, mm. trying to kill you, drinking, you know, an alcoholic. And she's a survivor. She, she, even though she dies in the end, I still felt the survivor in her. It was, mm. it was kind of creepy the way... One thing was happening in the film, but I was still able to think other things. The big, the other big... I felt like I was being driven one way, and yet I could keep my course. Yeah. It was weird. The, the other big <clears> thing <throat> about the film that's caused a lot of controversy is its depiction of abortions uh, and, and the pregnant fetus. You know, we have scenes in the film where the fetus is, is talking. imaginatively talking to her. I, I do worry that people have got a little bit literal with this. And again, it's interesting how the director talks about this. His line on this is, this is people are having a heightened response to this in the post Roe Wade rollback. Good. We need a heightened response yeah. because look what's happened with the Roe Wade rollback. Feel... We have to be really yeah, 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 aware no, of what's going out there. But I didn't feel the film was pro-life or anti-abortion. Well, the funny thing is, straight after the film, I didn't. And in fact, on Coffee Moaning, I said, oh, what do they mean? Because what I had read was from mm. it that this was a woman that was very, very troubled and was imagining these mm. things. But of course, what he's done is he's gifted the pro-lifers Mm. gifted the pro-lifers something very powerful for the pro-life argument. Again, it's a man's POV. You've got no idea, mister, actually what does happen psychologically to a woman. Nobody wants to have an abortion. I mean, mm. you might, nobody feels nothing about having an abortion. And um, I think it just laid open a whole lot of really serious stuff around the discussion with it, which it, he said, you know, it's a very important discussion. I would be really, really mindful if I was somebody that was still struggling with the morality of having a termination because I think it could really, really hurt people. See, I, 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 I agree. Because we see a fetus yeah. talking and well, saying, I mean, who did this to me? The camera is inside her uh, womb. And, and, and we've got a shot of the moment of conception, yes. which is the big argument between yeah. pro-lifers and... and Pro-choice. But do you see, but I, I hear what you're saying and I totally agree. And I think that don't is how... meant to do it. No, I mean, no, I don't think you did. enough I, about I, it. I think what, for me, what I read, and it's interesting what people read into that. I was reading this. I read the whole pregnancies thing in terms of the life she could have had if she pursued the life that she kind of shared. She sort of acquiesced and said to Joe DiMaggio, oh, I, well, actually, I want to be a, a wife and live in a sort of suburb and da-da-da. I thought, for me, this was 
an entertaining of the narrative that could have been Marilyn Monroe's life if she wasn't in this industry in which she becomes a victim or, you know, her, the suspicious circumstances around her death, the way in which she was used by the system or marginalised. You know, so I, I, I suppose, I, but maybe that's me being a typical man. I'm not looking at how nuanced, and I do worry, and I wonder whether what, what is wrong with this film and what's eliciting a lot of uh, hostility is that he treats everything in the same way within it but has no understanding of those aspects that he's represented that are just too deeply felt because, by women. Because it's coming from a male perspective. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem with it. Yeah. And, and he will not grow as a filmmaker if he doesn't listen. Now, mm. obviously, there's a lot of noise and there's people getting on a bandwagon and cancel community are like on a, bu on a buzz. But he could actually learn something from this. The what, 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 what decent, smart-thinking people are saying. You know, maybe this needed a bit more thought around the abortion stuff. If I directed it, uh, I'd be interested to such... know. Listen, you create a bit of art. You can't then control how people take it. No. But you've got to listen to how people, how people have been affected. Don't you want to know the different ways that people have been yeah, affected? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. By it? I agree. Rather I agree. than being cross. And I think like... I think the most spectacular shot in its foot is the JFK scene, because when yeah. you get towards the end of the film, we all know that Marilyn Monroe died in suspicious circumstances. The inference in this scene is the most potentially litigious... I mean, and the, though they don't say it's JFK, they don't specify who it is, the actor who plays the politician on the bed with a strange girdle on as well, Disgusting. didn't understand that. The, the actor, I think, played JFK and Jackie, the film that we saw. Do you remember yeah. about Jackie I mean, and You couldn't have get, got anyone looking, more, got anyone like looking more, more like JFK. I mean, and we know that she had something, something, some kind of a communication with JFK. Yeah. That's what we know. And in a weird way, that for me was like head in hands. Oh, mate, what a fucking own goal. Because I have to say, I think this is one of the... I mean, some people have said they thought they were, it was like they were watching a, a, a three-hour Madonna video. It's incredibly visually stimulating. You could argue it is all style over substance. I think it's anchored brilliantly, all of this style, with an, a searingly authentic, honest, painful performance by What Anna that actress, for people to just dismiss. I saw one review oh today goodness. that when you said she just wanders around naked. It's like, Absolutely. come on. Well, that review, she will have gone through hell. I've got to say to you halfway through the film, how is this actress even, what she's going, she's inhabiting Some of the treatment of Anna de Armas in the disgusting. press afterwards is exactly what people aren't like Don't about the treatment of Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe, you're it's doing bizarre. the same thing, the guys. Same thing. You're doing the same thing. I mean, you might not like the context, and, and there are, I mean, Adrian Brody was brilliant, Bobby Cannavale as, um, as Joe DiMaggio was fantastic, Julianne Nicholson I thought was excellent as her mum. You know, I thought the portrayal of, of, of cinema was astonishing. The threesome, you know, the two actors who played this fiction. Was so I, good. You know, I, I again come back to this thing of I get really fucking annoyed with speculative fiction. It strikes no, me as a pointless it's fiction. It's morally wrong. And anyone that chooses a famous yes. person is because they knew it would get They're seen. Trained, trained come on, let's be honest. Let's be honest. I agree. If you did The Crown, but you did a, you know, uh, a landed gentry family, British family, it's great writing, it's great acting. People would have watched it. Okay, it wouldn't have gone all the way but around the world. There's a question, would they? And I think that's the question. I think I think in this country we've always done great period drama mm. and I think people watch great period drama. I think mm. it's I think it's I, I think we've lost a lot of our morality mm. and I think it's not okay actually to take people's lives and add 
a mm. horror story to it. Mm. Was it you that said earlier today, this is a horror story? Yeah, this is a horror They've film. They've made a real life person's This is a horror film. A horror and I think film. whilst... A horror film, yeah. But it, interestingly, it depends on what your stomach for that is. Um, and I think that I am, I suppose as a viewer, I was willing to go to a darker place on the Marilyn Monroe story to feel more for her. And I we did. We don't need to do that, though. No, but I did. I, you know think... what it's like? I think we shouldn't call it speculative fiction because it sounds too fancy. It's almost like, it's almost like what they do fiction. on reality television right. where they take real people and they say, we're showing you the real them, but mm. then it's so manipulated, it's so mm. manipulated, it's so edited, it's so that actually nobody's getting a fair shot, actually. Mm. And mm. it's a bit like that. Yeah. yeah I can't it's agree. like inter intellectual reality TV fiction. I would say that this film does, I think some of its more subtle, nuanced, uh, favourable aspects of Marilyn Monroe's character and life have been entirely eclipsed by those aspects, which really are, I think, missteps, mistakes, insensitivities in the filmmaking. I do think... Well, arrogance. And arrogance and just moving through way wanting to shock to everyone. Yeah. There's an abrasiveness to it. Where's I think, your moral code? That, 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 is, that is troubling. The weird thing about it is... I would have absolutely said Anna de Armas deserved to win the Oscar. Oscar. She won't probably even be nominated, given the who are about this. Um, Adrian Brody was brilliant, and I think cinematography. I mean, if you're, a, I mean, again, has to be an Oscar. But again, in saying that, are you being as dis disengaged with the subject matter as, as we're accusing the director of being? I think the director. That's too complicated for me. I can't work that one out. I think the, di <laughs> I think the director was emotionally disengaged, and because of the strength of his lead actress. Those moments of humanity punched through because of her performance. Is he a victim, almost, the director of a method actor? In her? Well, in the way that he directed, he was oh, so in what he, he was showing directed. that he method directed and forgot that... No, I think, I, think, I, think how, what, I think what's happening Because the is, nicest actor who's a method actor can become a monster because they actually lose sight they lose of sight. what... I totally agree. I think what has happened here is, is in the edit, and this happens in television a lot, a brutalism creeps in. If you think of poverty porn and all these genres, a brutalism bru kicks in because you're thinking, I'm making something that's going to be watched by people. And I think, sadly, what will have happened with this director is in the edit, he'll have had all these scenes, he'll have had all these moments in our life, he'll have been juggling them up on the timeline, he'll have... And he... At some point, he will have become disengaged with the well, emotional... Well, that, that's what people are arguing. Yeah, and I that think you treated. Right. So he was trying to show what the treatment of her was, mm. and then he was treating her in the way that mm. he was showing the treatment of. Yeah. It's like the... Ba, 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 ba. But then again... He says it's exploitative, but he says it's exploitative at the opposite end of the spectrum. He, he finds Candle in the Wind offensive and exploitative well, in a different way. Well, let's not be disingenuous that he did all of this to balance out <laughs> Candle in the Wind, no. because we're going to have to send you to your room with no dinner over that's that also, one. I love Elton. Because that's cheap. Um, I think he, as a director, he needs to learn from the conversations that are going on. Yeah, and I think he also needs to... And, and so the thing that I loved about this film as well was I thought it looked so stimulating. It moved at such a pace, at such a leap. Yeah. It had moments where it didn't move at such a pace, but it, it was some of the best filmmaking I've seen, and that's frustrating as hell, because you can feel how he had a lack of compassion. I cheap at the he end. had a lack of compassion. But at the end of all that, I'll watch other films he directs. I will watch that actress for everything she does, she and funny. I am heartbroken for her that people are picking on her. It's just don't. Just... just no. For more film and family fun, don't forget to click the subscribe button and make sure to click the bell to never miss an update.